Welcome to the Pamily Time Podcast. We're a group of PAs that have come together to take a break from the daily grind and share our lives beyond medicine. I'm Josh, located here in Dallas, Texas. I am Filipino and Burmese. I'm Katie. I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana, and I am Vietnamese American. My name is Nan. I am Vietnamese Chinese American, and I'm currently located in Florida. Hey guys, I'm Peter. I'm Chinese American with some Vietnamese, and I'm from Dallas, Texas. Hey everyone, I'm Sarah. I'm currently located in Washington State, and I am Taiwanese American. Awesome. So yeah, as you can tell, everyone here in our group is Asian. And so we've found that as a sort of a secondary connection between all of us and growing up Asian and sort of talking about things that we experienced, because given we're all different kinds of Asians, some of the stuff we've experienced similarly, but some of it we found was very interesting. And we wanted to share that with you all. So one topic that uh, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, when I was growing up, my mom. So Sarah, I don't know if you want to go ahead and start with any interesting stories that your mom shared with you or try to scare you with as a child. I lived on a dead end and like for my mom to tell us not to go like to the specific area of the dead end, she would tell us that there were snakes there, which is kind of weird because somehow I just assumed it was true. I get it. No, I think, you know, probably the weirdest thing that my mom ever told me growing up was, you know, um, when she would try to discipline me, I guess I must have been an entrepreneur and playing like a puppet master and making shadows on the wall. So growing up, she always told me, you know, don't go playing with your shadows or else they'll squish you when you're sleeping. So I swear that haunted me <laughs> for so much of my childhood. Um, another crazy story I remember she would always tell me, which I think is so ridiculous is, you know, don't go eating in bed while you're laying down or else your parents will be poor. So I don't know, I guess the only thing I can think of knowing now as an adult is yeah, if you're, you're going to freaking like choke on your food or aspirate, then that's going to be a costly visit possibly to the hospital. But <laughs> aside from that, I don't really know how you make that connection. Um, but what about you, Katie, any crazy story that your mom shared with you when you were younger? Honestly, picking backing off of the aspiration situation. <laughs> um, during Vietnamese New Year's, they always go to our relatives' houses and they usually have like a little plate of something in the middle of the table. And a lot of that would actually include watermelon seeds. They paint it red for like to symbolize like good fortune and that kind of stuff during the New Year's. And my parents used to tell me that every time, like if I were to eat those seeds and eat it whole, that a watermelon would grow inside my stomach. And so whenever I saw a pregnant lady, I would think that they ate a watermelon seed. <laughs> Unfortunately, that was not true. I think they literally only told us that because we would have a habit of taking it and then just putting it into our mouths when we were little and they didn't want us choking on it. So we would just like stay away from that particular like treat inside the little dish that they kept there. So I think that's really why they told us that. But after we got a little bit older, we were finally allowed to eat the watermelon seeds. <laughs> <laughs> finally. Did, did you ever grow that watermelon? Yeah. <laughs> I never grew the watermelon, no. <laughs> we were able to actually crack open the seeds once we got older so we could eat the insides. <laughs> oh, is that specific to Asians? Like the watermelon in the stomach thing? I wonder. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's something that our listeners can tell us. You know, is this something that your culture um, also believes in? Yeah. Well, yeah. I had a weird thing about watermelons. I mean, my mom told me that you can't eat them at night. What? explain why i don't know she would just say like 
the spirits would come get you or something. So like, I mean, I'm still, I don't eat watermelon at night to this day. <laughs> I don't know why. So it's just watermelon. You can eat any other fruit or anything? Yeah, you just said specifically watermelon. You can't eat it. Right, so you could pop that durian. You no. <laughs> I've never tried durian and I don't want to. You're missing to. out. We're going to need you to... Uh, to call your mom and do a little bit of research on why we can't eat watermelons at night. I'm going to expect a report the next time yes. we meet up. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and what about you, Peter? Let's hear from the boys. Any crazy stories that your mom shared with you growing up? Yeah, so my mom always told me that it, I have to finish all of my rice in my bowl. So, of course, almost everything we eat involves rice. So I had to, it was my job to clean it out like completely because if I want a pretty wife in the future that's what it takes so my brother and I would always clean out our bowls and so I don't know is is that like gender specific to guys or like girls too or what but if you want a pretty honey then you got to eat all your food I've never heard that one I was never told that either (laughs) can't say I've heard that one sorry Peter (laughs) I'm alone but I still have hope for that (laughs) but we were definitely told to finish our food Maybe it means you're stronger. You know, they always say eat more, get stronger, right? (laughs) You know, in the Philippines, there's this little being kind of what they'd call a duende. It's very popular in like Southern and Latin American, Central American culture. And essentially, it's kind of like a troll, like this mythical creature that hides in dark places and kidnap kids or like steal kids and things like that. So it wasn't necessarily my parents, but other family members said, if you don't finish, if you don't do this, the Duende is going to get you. Or if things like magically disappeared from your house, they'd be like, or in from your room, they were like, oh, or like, it's probably the Duende. It was really your parents stealing your stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Or something like that. They'd be like, oh, like, especially my grandparents, they would say that they'd be like, oh, it's probably the Duende or, you know. Don't, don't leave it there. The, you know, the one day is going to get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm imagining a little gnome or something. Elf ears and stuff like that. Yeah, it is like a gnome. It's kind of weird. It's a troll. Yeah, I don't know how to describe it. It is like, it's like the like Filipino version of like a troll or like, yeah, a goblin or something. <laughs> the little gnome that lives in your little attic. <laughs> Wasn't there like that other story of like the borrowers or something like that? It was like a children's book and they were like tiny little people and they would come and steal all your stuff in the middle of the night. I feel like that sounds very similar if anyone has ever heard of that before. Mm-hmm. There might be a relation to it. I don't know. I have to look into oh, that. can't say that. I'm, I've heard of this <laughs> folklore or story before. <laughs> um, so speaking of, you know, Asian moms, I mean, I think... I think so much of us can understand, you know, especially for me growing up first generation as the oldest child in my household, there's just so many different, you know, growing up trying to balance that culture, you know, trying to fit in with American culture, but then in a way, try to live up to your family's like expectations. Um, so with that, I figured it might be a, a good starting point to talk about tiger moms. Um, Sarah, I don't know if you want to dive in a little bit more and share what if it's like, you know, growing up with your mom, would you consider her a tiger mom? Um, so in my household, I had two older brothers and I was the youngest and the only daughter sister. So basically my brothers would be allowed to hang out with their friends and go for sleepovers, but I can never sleep over anyone's house because, you know, I'm a girl and, you know, can't date until, I don't know, probably like, I think it was college was the rule or something like that, but they could have people over, you know, they could date. So it was just like, I lived a pretty sheltered life. So like after school, I would have to come home immediately. 
but then I would like join sports teams so that I could stay out longer. So I was part of track and like science Olympiads, like a little dork, but you know. So you, you gamed the system. You found a loophole. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> yeah. I think we all had to. Yeah. I did go over to my friend's house, like while I was supposed to be at track though. Nice. <laughs> did you ever get caught? <laughs> No. See, my parents found a way to like beat my system's loophole because I wanted to join sports and stuff like after school. And I tried to tell them that it was going to help me be like a more rounded student and all those things. But they were like, well, you ride the bus. So there's no one going to take you home afterwards. (laughs) I couldn't even do extracurriculars because I had to take the bus home. (laughs) Ah, man. I was able to walk home. So that was lucky. I mean, I would say, yes, my parents were tough. And sometimes, you know, certainly again, like pop culture, tiger moms, and I don't know, do we even really define what a tiger mom was? <laughs> um, but I just did a quick wiki search. And so essentially tiger parenting is a form of strict or demanding parenting. Tiger parents tend to push and pressure their children to attaining high levels of academic achievement or success in high status extracurricular activities, which did not apply to Katie in terms of being in sports. <laughs> Um, but in activities such as music, um, you know, so just being really strict, but in terms of grades, academics, my parents were never that strict. So obviously it shows I never had straight A's. I was an honor roll kid. Sure. But I did not have the straight A's 4.0. And so in terms of activities, you know, I was really involved in high school. I was on the dance team. I played soccer. I was in the high school musicals. Yeah. So talk about dork. Sarah, I've got quite a few on you. Um, I was in orchestra, so pretty involved. And yes, I will say, although my parents were strict, similar to your examples previously about, you know, a a female, I couldn't um, do sleepovers. My mom always asked, why? Why wouldn't you just want to go home and sleep in your own bed? They also didn't trust the parents because at night they're like, I can't, I don't know what's going on, you know? I couldn't even sleep over at my cousin's house. I was like, what? what? Not even family? Not even family. I couldn't go anywhere. So they don't even trust other family. (laughs) That's that's crazy. But I think in the end, you know, our, our mothers, they mean well. And I don't know if it's just culturally too, but hey, we made it, right? <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, I, I think I think it's it's certainly in, in in sort of my situation. A lot of it was sort of keeping my brother and I in in check, because uh, certainly you know growing up you're going to have a lot of temptations, and you know of course yeah, a lot of stuff's going to happen. You're a kid, you want to rebel, and this and that, understandable. But you know, thankfully, I guess as as I'm getting older, I realized you know it, it helped me. Uh, stay in somewhat of a sort of a were they more strict on you because you're you're the older one right yeah i'm the older one and so i think i've always sort of fallen in line whereas like my my younger brother's always been the uh the one to to rebel and whatnot but you know so they they had to sort of check him more or check on him more and even to this day you know i i think it's made us better for it i agree yeah i definitely think our parents were looking out for us and trying to protect us and another thing is, I don't know about you guys, but did your parents say I love you to you? when? No hugging, no physical. You, yeah, that wasn't a thing in my household either. Aww. Yeah. And then I trained them. Whoa. So now they say it and now they hug me. Because oh. I like broke down once. I remember, I think it was like high school or something. I was like, everyone else's parents say it. And then so we both were crying and then, yeah, things changed. 
My parents used to do it a lot more when we were younger because like y'all know we do family mm-hmm. prayer at the end of the day. That's like kind of a tradition that we always did when I was like very, very little. After we were done, they would all get a kiss and then tell us good night and we would go to bed. And then that stopped once we got to like high school, I think, because we got a little bit older and we were all kind of doing our own thing and on our own like schedules. And then more recently, I want to say within the past maybe five years or so now that all of us are getting much much older they've been saying it a lot more just kind of here and there just randomly or sporadically my dad does it a lot more when he's when he's drinking, when he's but... drinking <laughs> otherwise <laughs> when he's so drinking yeah <laughs> he gets very clingy when he drinks which i think is like hilarious but <laughs> my parents have started to uh text more about it i don't do your parents text and stuff yes. too? yeah we have a group chat but i don't know who taught my parents how to text and stuff i know but... i'm impressed yes it's crazy my mom emojis now and yeah I my parents so do emojis weird. too my mom says lol yeah. <laughs> and i'm like wait what no my mom <laughs> she i don't even know it's a mixture of vietnamese a mixed a mixture of like phonetic English like she doesn't it's so no emojis but half the time like what on earth she's trying to say <laughs> and so I just get frustrated I end up calling her then and they're like hi mom what are you trying to say <laughs> yeah do, do your parents ever misuse emojis because my dad he'll uh Eggplant. he'll sometimes no not like that but like instead of like <laughs> Saying like a, a, a tears of joy, it's more like a, a, a like the one's like a sad like crying face. Crying. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> like congratulations, but it's always crying. No eggplants, no. No, no eggplants. <laughs> no peaches. No, no peaches. <laughs> Thankfully, Ooh, yeah. I'm kind of piggybacking on what you just said, Josh. In terms of you know your your parents are having to discipline you or more so your brother i think you know how asian parents discipline us um culturally it's so different right i mean i think maybe in vietnamese culture more so you know you talk about the asian broom everyone knows what that means <laughs> the flip-flop oh, yes yes and so yeah, the broom the flip-flop the, the chunklas <laughs> whatever they can grab a hold of that's close to them exactly And so I think for me, you know, fortunately, I will agree, I have a younger brother and he was the one who tends to get in trouble. I don't know for what reason. Um, But I do recall a few times I did get in trouble. My mom's favorite form of punishment was to have us kneel on like a hard tile. For a long period of time? Just just kneel there? For like at least 10 minutes, if not 15, 20. So between that, oh my gosh, or (laughs) between the mosh pits, my knees are bad, really bad. So... Oh my god. Yeah. We would have to do that and then if we did something really, really bad, they would make us like hold our arms out and just hold oh. it there for the entire time. And, it, and every time you would like see our arms slowly like falling down, they would come and like hit the palms of our hands so that it'll go oh. back up. Wait, but when you were kneeling, they would walk away. So did you guys like I would get up to like Wait, what? Like you know, get afraid. <laughs> and then when I heard them coming back, I would go back and kneel down. <laughs> Loopholes. <laughs> yeah, and then my dad would always come and try to save me. We hope you enjoyed learning about what it was like growing up in our Asian households. To wrap up, I thought it'd be interesting to take a closer look at our population data. Did you know that by 2050, it is predicted that people of color will make up 52% of the American population? Although the data is a bit outdated from 2017, hint, hint, this is also your friendly reminder to fill out your census. 
According to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office of Minority Health Report, oh, that was a mouthful, the latest Census Bureau population estimates that 18.2 million Asian Americans are living in the U.S., and Asian Americans account for 5.6 of the nation's population. And of course, the states with the largest Asian American populations reported back in 2017 included California, New York, Texas, New Jersey, Illinois, Washington State, Florida, Virginia, Hawaii, and Massachusetts. Well, that's it for our show today. If you would like to learn more and stay up to date on future episodes, please follow us on Instagram at PamilyTime. That's Pamly with a P and no spaces. There, you can send us a message or ask any questions that you would like for us to answer in future episodes. Please subscribe to our podcast or tell your friends about it. Thank you for joining us. We hope to catch you next time on Family Time.